You could have heard this episode one week early on our Patreon, patreon.com slash IndieHeadsPodcast. But joining us for as low as $1 a month, you'll see episodes early and get access to our Discord server. All our upcoming episodes of FYC will be up on our Patreon one week before it hits our public podcast feeds. But if you're hearing this via our Patreon feed, we thank you so much for your support. We especially want to thank our Real Ones patrons, including Becca Etienne, Jordan Mikowski, Tyler, Marcy Anime, Chance Holdup, Delaney Miller, Rihanna Cruz, Josiah Duncan, Jill LaFleur, Matt Cameron, Grant in the Back of My Dragula, Pablo Escobar's Hippos, Jackson Chris, Alec Felder, Sandy Nemo, Jeremy Bull, Drew Wharton, I Like Books, Jonathan David, Max Kapazinski, Mark Berry, Aaron Hilsamer, Darian Fisher, Cal50, Noah's Refuse, Pimped Out Dave Matthews Event, Chris Wade, Jacqueline Kadaga, Midwest Maxwell, Kevin John, Jake Wald, Eraser Baby, Ron Marino, Max, Dylan, Waffle Woman 3, Gavin Ford, Andy Freak, and Maze Farms. To become a real one, consider supporting us for $5 a month on Patreon, where we'll receive a bonus episode every month and get a shout out at the top of the pod. Anyways, though, enjoy the episode. Welcome, this is Indie Heads FYC. It's me, Jackie, and on this episode we have Maddie, who is mostly just producing, but Maddie's here. Say hello, Maddie. Hi, you're not going to hear my voice very often. I here, Here's here's my brief thoughts on this Always record. It's really goddamn good. This is a great band who's always been great. This is another great record for them. That's it. Bye-bye. All right. <laughs> and, then, and then the person who has more thoughts than that, I'm going to go ahead and guess, is my other co-host, Rose. How you doing, Rose? Good. Let me tell you, folks. I have been cooking. I, I I've been cooking on this one. I've been I've I've been sitting here for weeks. This is my favorite record of the year. I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. This has been a task I've been trying to surmount. I thought about doing a lot of notes. I thought about you know preparing a manifesto of sorts, and then I said, you know what? No notes. No research. Uh, an un- uncut rock you know however green day put it that's that's what this is yeah no, uh, no swedish beats or, or no or no, no producers. swedish producers let's get that out of the way okay there are no swedish producers maddie are you swedish i need to know if you it, no, it's I'm like scottish. being a cop if you're swedish you have to tell us if you're swedish exactly scottish and german all right okay we're but safe. this record um i think i I have I don't know Rose you can talk about your arc with always in a second my relationship to this band as I think I've said kind of in the lead up to this album especially when we finally we, we got to hear the advance once in the office because Chris got it um that I have always really liked the oh not wow yeah, right immediately the puns the puns are just gonna set themselves up this episode but it, it, it's I, like the blank check episode on the thing you know like you can't I, you can't I, avoid I, it i have always um enjoyed this band a lot but for me they have always been a playlist band more than a like band that i am really invested in them as an albums going to see them live like that type of thing up until the point why in i want to say it would have been 2017 probably or when did and so it was probably no it was it would have been uh coachella 2018 which maybe was the last time i went to coachella i think it's possible that that maybe i think i've been maybe one other time since then but um i saw them there 
And even though I, I, this is a band that I had enjoyed a lot. Like this is a band that came around in the era of me being most in my like mid 2010s kind of beach house bag, you know, just like dreamy indie pop. And the thing about always is that I always knew that they were more than just one of those bands. Like all the songs I really love from them, like dreams tonight and not my baby and, and in undertow, like all those songs are like, 10 out of 10 like song songs like in the writing in the the construction of them but there was always just like a little like something more I wanted out of the sound of the music that I always even as someone that like is known for my ability to take what other people would describe as wallpaper indie and really enjoy it like I always felt like for a band that writes such like dynamic songs, I always wanted to have a little more oomph to them. And then I saw them live and I was like, oh, holy shit. I get why people hype this band so much. Because when you see them do the first two album songs live, it, they fucking rip. They're, they're so good and they have so much more energy and just like dynamism to them. Like everything that I wanted the studio recordings to be they aren't and it's not like those aren't good albums like i think anti-socialities is a great album i think the debut is a solid album and like the songs that i love i really really love on them but holy fucking shit i think this new album is like in another stratosphere for a lot of reasons that we can get into but this is the record that first i was like oh this is the album that actually sounds like how they sound like live which makes sense because they recorded this album in essentially two takes they rehearsed the hell out of it and were tinkering with this music for so, so, so long in the way that they always do because they're very meticulous and they write these songs in a very like perfectionist sort of way, crafting them over a long period of time, especially this record took a long time to come out. But after spending so much time like hyper tinkering with these things in the lab, they sort of realized that like, oh, we shouldn't just like uh, pro tools this to death and like construct this as this immaculate object we should work on writing these songs for so long until they are these immaculate objects and then just fucking rock them out like take it and just bang through the entire album in like a single live take and it is what gives this record just a live wire of electricity running through it while also having it's so so crisp and so dreamy in the way that the other always stuff is like it does it still feels like and i think we'll kind of get into a meta conversation about just like the nature of kind of urban outfitters core like music you could hear in a store indie rock music of the 2010s store core but but the way yes urban outfitters store core but the way that always on all of their music but particularly on this album managed to transcend that to being something better and the key small differences that separate always from like the rest of the pack and i think this record highlights that better than anything else they've ever put out so i will get into it now so i have been kind of neutral on this band like i did not hear their first album for many many years i did not i i think i've only listened to it like twice ever hey Rose, you didn't hear an album that was released <laughs> i'm just i'm just, you, you I'm just yeah. listen i'm this just is, kidding this is different because like kidding. this no is way. like indie heads core stuff so like it is it's true c- coming out in like the 2010s like you were just, on the subreddit at this point it was a I, choice i, I was to active not... enough to know this was a thing i was still like yeah yeah i think i can let this pass me by because i saw all the descriptors and i was like this does not seem like my thing and then a little thing called anti-socialites came out and i thought it was pretty good i did not think this band had it in them to make a record like that 
I was mm-hmm. like, this is an immaculate dream pop record, like not normally my bag, but they do it so well that I'm like, this is pretty good. I don't know if they'd ever make the one for me, but they made a pretty good one there and I got to hand it to them. You know, you, sometimes you, you got to hand it to them. <laughs> and so then the rollout came out for this one and I only listened to two singles. And I think I picked the, both the best and the worst two singles for this. I listened to Pharmacist and Very Online Guy. None of the other ones. There were like eight songs that came out before this thing was out, and I listened to only those two. So when I dove into the full thing, I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> this is not what I was getting sold on at all. In fact, it's ten times better than that, I would say, than what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> because this is my favorite thing of the year. This is like just... finally this is finally the point when the band like finds the coherent stew of all their interests and puts them together in a way because i don't think they'd ever really touched the shoegaze influence as much but they'd always had dream pop and jangle pop and you know just Mm -hmm. pure on indie rock and car commercial stuff like it, it was always in the mix but it was never really fully blended i think like you know you'd hear a really jangly song like and then yeah. you hear like a dreamy one, you know, like Dreams Tonight, of course, Lit- literally a yeah. dream pop song. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that like in, in some ways, like this is their sort of live to tape album, like I said, but it's also the album that they are swirling all these things together in a way that is so much more like, like you're saying, like constructive, like in the last records, they, it would sort of be like, all right, in this mode in on this song we're gonna work in this mode this kind of a type beat and they were really really good at all of them and then this record has songs that just like make insane pivots from minute to minute and like are able to jump from one of their influences to another and really feel like oh wow this is just like a band that is not just like for a while that they were just sort of in a similar way to dive they were sort of like the critics uh like car commercial band or the critics like uh just like dreamy indie pop uh whatever you want to call it music like like pre-spotify core vibes music i mean in in a sense i don't really even think it was like critic stuff like they were in the same spot as i believe hop along has been for the last few years where it's like everyone is like this is the band right guys like this is the band like even if like not everyone could see it like the people who liked it were like this is the band, you know, that is going to do it. But I I always feel like, I I agree, but I just feel like I've seen lots of, I have to look at what the first two albums got on like Pitchfork and stuff like that, but I feel like critics were always like, when critics would be sort of disparaging of other kind of dreamy, vague indie rock of the kind of mid-2010s when that style just sort of reached a saturation point, I feel like always was the the band that people would point to and they're like, this is how you do this correctly. This is how you do it in a way that's like actually engaging. But I feel like uh, uh, you're right that like everyone knew. And I think part of it is that, like I said, the live performances, like they got signed off of being really good at South by Southwest. And like, I think part of it is that when you see them live, you're like, holy shit, this band is not just like very good at writing these pristinely like well-written and well-produced songs but they can also deliver them with just like an energy and like verve that you're not expecting from a band like this yeah and like okay so i check i checked the scores and like they're, they they were in that zone with pitchfork specifically of like this respectable seven point whatevers oh yeah you, you know not a band not a band that you would ever see is like 
oh yeah, this is gonna level up or whatever. But like, Although to be fair, that was that was in the era where seven point whatever was a score as opposed to the default like setting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like you know, they 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 got like a lot of track reviews, but never like ne- never not even a best new track of any sort, even for like in Undertale, which is you know the song of the last record, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I agree. Yes, but no. but, but th- this no. one is obviously like it is is a term I like to throw around a lot in this sort in sort of discussions on here, which is the level up. You know, the moment 100%. when you hear like an artist who we've always been like pretty good, but like never ne- never truly mm-hmm. the one. Like they truly this is the point when they emerge all the influences together into something that it feels like their own yeah. work and it's just true. and i feel like the only there are some people i've seen like hesitate at that but i think that's only because like always their songs like because they are such good pop songs they worm your way into a brain your brain so like if you're someone that was bigger on the first two records than rose and i are i can understand getting this record and being like wow this is really good but i don't it's going to take a while before I can determine whether it actually supersedes the other ones. Cause it's just not, it doesn't have that kind of, but like, even from just like, a, I haven't been playing the hell out of this record. Like I, I loved it on my first pre release listen and I've loved it on the, the several times I spun it when it came out. And then a couple of times I've listened to preparing this, but I haven't been like in an Ethel Kane style. I can't fucking stop listening to this record obsession, <clears throat> but it is, it is perfect. Let, it let, is really let me perfect. check the uh, Scrabble counts on this real quick. It's I, I feel like this might illustrate the headspace I've been in lately. Cause uh, so in 2022, I've been listening to a lot of albums. You know, like I I haven't been listening to new stuff mostly. So here here are the counts on my top three most played albums for the year. Uh, number one, Cobra and Phases Group play Voltage in the Milky Night by Stereolab, 207 Scrabbles. Number two. Refried Ectoplasm by Stereolab, 185 Scrabbles. Number three, Blue Rev by Always, 183 Scrabbles. Let's go. And that is only in like, it's been less than a month, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it is an easy, it, it is one of the great things about this record is it's really well paced. It's really well structured. It's like the right length of time. And it does something that I... I was I was listening to it before. I have come all the way around to starting the album with Pharmacist the way that they did. I think here's what I think this they did with this record. And I think it's genius. I think more bands should do it. They took the what would be the intro track of the album. You know, like we're an out. Usually there's like a kind of slow, like either ambient or maybe like a slow instrumental build or like a slow small something that kind of gets small and gets bigger. And then, like, that's, like, the way they ease you into the album. And then track number two is, like, the first single that just jumps right into it and gets you into the fray, right? They took that intro track and they cut it off and put it at the end of the album. And that song is Fourth Figure. If you listen to Fourth Figure and pretend like it's the first song on the album, you can imagine it being, like, basically the prelude to Pharmacist and Pharmacist being the thing that jumps right into it has this short in some ways pharmacist was kind of an underwhelming lead single in that way but in a sort of perfect way where it just it doesn't waste any time on like the pretense of itself like it's very similar to the new tanuki chan single that just came out 
that like it just gets right into it it just delivers this like fully formed thought in two minutes and it it is so quick that it has the idea of just like jolting you into the album where if you listen to the album without the last song if you just listen to the album in order you're like wow that was really good but every time i run this album back a second time pharmacist hits like a hundred times harder coming right after the last song on the record and like that gives this record like more more than almost any other kind of short replayable record i've heard in a while this album has a full-on like roller coaster effect where it's like at the very end of the ride it's like do you want to crank back up to the top of the hill and go down the drops again it's like yes yes i do 100 percent, and i will run this record back like one and a half times at least every time i listen to it because after you run it back you're like well I need to hear all after the earthquake again. And I also need to hear uh tile by tile again. And I also need to hear Pomeranian Spencer again. And I also need like, you're just like craving for more of each of those sugar rushes because none of them overstay their welcome. All of them like are really satisfying. And even though there are some songs I like less than others on here, if the, if the worst songs on this record were on any other dream pop record, they would be the highlight. Like, that's the crazy thing about this record. Yeah, so you've given me, like, five points I want to jump on. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so number one, uh, as you mentioned earlier, this band does not overstay their welcome ever. They have have found the pocket, which is they're the group that does not do albums over 40 minutes. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) The last two... 33 minutes this one okay this is their big you know like they, they, they're doing everything they've ever wanted to try on here this one is 39 minutes they do not even break the 40 minute they they do not break a sweat here mm-hmm. secondly uh fourth figure remind the thing you know the thing it reminded me of is not like the intro track but it reminded me of a little, a little bit unknown band called the beatles have you ever heard that record abbey road before they, they they do a little trick on there where after the last song on the album they just put a quick little number you know called her majesty and that it reminded me of that in a way of just like this little thing of like we got a little idea we're not going to flesh it out into a full tune but you know it's just a little earworm to get in your yeah, head it, it, it's like a, it's like a please stand by or like um or like in in the in the movies where they're playing, they're like, "Let's all go to the lobby." Like <laughs> like like it's just like a little like interstitial music to be like, "All right, the, you can put the record back on again, and the fun times will start again." Here's a little ditty. I, I mean, truly, like it's you, you talk about a roller coaster feeling, but like Pomeranian Spencer is like it, 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 every every time I play on in my car, I I get this like silent urge in my brain that's like. You, you want to go over the speed limit a little? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's just, it, 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 it's so compelling in a way that I just think is very fun. It's, uh, it's just cartoonish music in a way. And like, even Pharmacist, I think, still has not done it for me as an intro track. But like, I don't care because like literally as soon, two minutes, you know, like it is, I'm pretty sure other than, yeah, other than uh, the final song on the album, it is the shortest track here, and then you immediately get into the second best song on the album, so yes. I don't care. It, it, it's genius in that way, because it's like, it really is not, by underplaying the pretentiousness of the open, you honestly don't even care that it's not this like big dramatic grand opener, because it's just like very satisfying and two minutes long. And it never at any point bores you or wastes your time. And so the moment that it's done, you're like, okay, that was nice. What's next? Oh, the best fucking song I've ever heard. Oh, wow. I guess this album is good. I, I, I mean, really, it's just like consistently like it's a, it's a hit parade. <laughs> th- th- there are a couple of 
moments on this album and we, i think we need to just sort of get into track by track at this point to just sort of start talking about why this record is particularly special but that the 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 two particular chunks of the record not not big runs but like specific moments that really i think make this like the 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 masterpiece that it is is easy on your own after the earthquake and also pomeranian spinster belinda says like those oh, oh let, 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 let me give you my runs here because i feel like the runs really Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, so the two for me, uh, pressed many mirrors, very online guy, uh, Pomeranian spinster, Belinda says, bored in Bristol, lottery noises. Those, those are like the two runs. Like you can disagree on the selection, but I think like they are centered I, I, around a I, couple I, specific tracks. I actually strongly disagree with that. But our our biggest disagreement on the album, I think, is going to be the sort of pressed to very online guy stretch which i don't think is my favorite part of the album but i think it's genuinely like my favorite part (laughs) but but that that's the thing is that like this record is so so loaded with candy for you to enjoy that when i describe a part of this record as my least favorite part of the record it's only because i'm like oh this song isn't 11 out of 10 i guess it's all right then like like that that that, it it creates such a high bar it creates such a high bar for itself so that like the songs in this record that like don't stand out as much to me like uh, i think tom verlaine is like maybe my least favorite song on the record and I think in general, like, there are just a, a couple of records, songs in this that, like, I could see being on the previous re- records in a good way. Like, they're very good, all those songs. But then there are several other songs on here that are like, holy shit, this band is absolutely incredible. And I just want to cite one thing that as I was looking at this band, I had never really, like, like I said, like, a band that I liked, but not a band I had ever really dug into, like, who are the members of this band and like beyond Molly Rankin and like getting into the, the, the weeds of it. And I want to shout out Sheridan Riley who took over as drummer of the band in 2017 after their previous drummer uh, left to become a graphic designer uh, and, sh- and uh, was called Sheridan Riley is most known for being the drummer on both of the Sasami records. He drummed on the first one and on squeeze. Oh, wow. um, and he is really fucking good at slapping them drums this is a really 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 good drummer in my opinion and i will say even though i think that when i saw always live like they were awesome earlier in their career and they've always had way more energy as a live band than they did on studio that being said i do feel like the the change of drummer from the last record to this record on the studio recording is like the most significant extra burst of juice that this album gets. Cause like, even though I think the last drummer was good, I can't imagine that Pomeranian Spencer was something that he had in his bag the same way that this guy does. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And like, I, I think jumping off on an earlier point, like you talked about, like this has something for everyone. I do think like I've, I've said it before, like elsewhere in like chat and stuff, but like, yeah. this is kind of always do, stretching themselves out and like, just seeing like, how far can we take the idea of like what an always an always song is? Like, totally, just, like them playing with every definition of it, and you know, you get like, I, I I made a chart somewhere. Hang on, let me pull it. Up. Please do. Which, which is just like running. They're, they're running between like four quadrants that I think really do it. Which oh is yeah, like, you know, t- typical shreddy guitar songs like shoegaze, fuzz, dream pop, and then jangle pop. Like I feel like those four quadrants. Exactly. If you can really understand where they're coming from on each of them. You can understand like. 
if you have knowledge of at least one of those, you can find something that is in your bag on here. Yeah, exactly. It, th- and and they're also like doing away with any of the sort of kind of like, there's a very particularness about Molly's songwriting that also seemed to lend it to these very kind of restrained songs in their composition. And there's nothing restrained about this album. This this record, the one the most perhaps the most important thing about this record is that the day that it came out, they posted on the Twitter record, <laughs> uh, "Blue Rev is out now. Thanks for cranking with us." And and this album is cranking from start to finish because so many of these songs end with guitar solos, but also, as you said, without the overstaying your welcome, it's like this record is full of these songs that are moving at a brisk pace, giving you really nice just vibes, hooks, melodies great and then all of a sudden they'll bust out a guitar solo in like the last 30 minutes of a three minute long song and it's like we can give you the full arc of like a of a of a six minute rock epic and we can deliver it to you with like the brevity and and the the quick pace of of like a quick little punk song and i I mean genuinely i did not think they had pomeranian spinster in them that song is so nice it's so that, that's what I said when, when when we heard the record. I, there were a couple of moments that I had, obviously, like uh, Vince not having the track list by me, just hearing it ambiently, like for the first listen I had. Um, there were several moments where I made a Vince McMahon. Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing this face. But like, uh, Pomeranian Spencer's is the moment where I started texting people, like, "You're not gonna fucking believe this all face record." Like. It, the the thing that I think Luke said was when I think we got to that track specifically, it's like these drums sound like the Ramones. Like this is a really fast punk song that they've stapled this like 2010s dream pop shoegaze uh, 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 sonic palette onto. And it is good. I like it. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's so punchy for them, which I did not expect. Because like I, they, mm-hmm. they they've always like kind of reserved themselves a little bit production wise. I think, and 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 that is complemented so well by the change in palette of the guitars and synthesizers. Because like the word I ended up coming to as I was listening to it again today is like fizzy. Like with the previous Always records, like the the atmospheres were so pretty and inviting and warm but they felt very composed and controlled in this in the way that is that is ideal for those indie songs that are great at whatever an urban outfit is it's like it delivers it delivers you a vibe that is so well managed that like it just it just remains at the same consistent level of vibe from the moment you start playing the song till the moment it's over and it's just pleasant the whole time and these records are like popping and splattering with like real kind of like surprising like just like more kind of like i don't know there's more like live wire electricity running through all of it and i think the shoegaze elements obviously appeal to my current sensibilities but like also just like all of it feels so bright and like technicolor even in a way that the previous records did there's nothing like muted or kind of like understated about them anymore it's really all now like full gear go even in the moments that are not um like fast songs like right before Pomeranian Spencer Tile by Tile is another one of my favorites on the album and I saw you had it ranked kind of on the lower end so I just want to shout out 
I, I like Many Mirrors a lot. I think Many Mirrors is an incredible song. I think Tile by Tile is just like, that's sort of just like, like pick which one of these kind of slower songs that gets crazy in the end do you like more? Like, because they're both really good at doing what they do, the way that they build from something that seems like, Tile by Tile basically tricks you in thinking it's going to be one of the slow ones at the start of it. And it's like, no, actually this song also rocks out too. And then the moment it's done, Pomeranian Spinster starts. And it's like, they never let any of the digressions they take slow down the the forward hurtling momentum of the record yeah i I don't hate tile by tile again like even the lowest points on here are like still like just magnificent things to witness but still it's just like that one plays a little less to my sensibilities reminds me like the most of like the more retro leaning stuff they were doing on the old records like it's like specifically it feels like a slightly more amped up dreams tonight in a way Except, I mean that's and, that's maybe and my favorite song from the last the last record. So that you're you're just describing why that song fucking rules. But, um, and, but and like also many mirrors plays into like my specific taste of jangle. Like I, that's, I, that's I, fair. I I, I I I I should mention it, but like I don't know. Like, obviously, people will probably say like, oh, it's the Smiths. I'm not reading the interviews to find out. I refuse to find out. But like there are some songs on here that like the tones like oh my god these sound like. Mariam's murmur dude it's so good (laughs) like it's it's playing right into my bag for better or worse like I've always again I've always liked these guys they are they have the honor of being one of the only 10 bands that have a cassette in my car oh yeah (laughs) they they, they share a prestigious title with Steely Dan's Gaucho (laughs) but this new one is just they're playing right into my bag for better or worse especially right now as I'm like finally becoming a shoegaze enjoyer hell yeah we should we should go down the singles because I think that that's a good way if we go yeah that, that, that's in, a good way to crack in, the code. I don't remember in, in, so in, I know it, I know it was so pharmacist. It, it, it was funny you you were saying that you only listened to pharmacist and very online guy, which I would say are my least favorite of the five singles, which is why I think this record completely knocked you into five because I didn't even listen to the other single until like I heard the whole thing at once. But like easy on your own and after the earthquake, which are both singles and can't come two three in the track listing are i, I think those were the last or was it was after the like a single i yes it was yes uh, it was so it was those and i think also belinda says and then there yes. was maybe one other um yes they, 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 they did pharmacist and easy on your own as the first two singles which are paired together on the record and then they also did um uh what's it called then they give us after the earthquake which which is also paired with easy on your own on the record and so like and then they did, of, oh yeah then they did very online guy and belinda says that's right i know i very famously once uh ridiculed the hell out of lcd sound system for putting all their singles together on the record but i, I like the way it works on this record because it's yeah i good. think the pairings are like a nice touch especially because yeah. like the, I, so the, I, I also songs... I should mention i only listened to each of those singles once i only yes. put them on once because i was just like i'm gonna give myself a taste of this i'm not gonna go, go, going back to what you were saying about like how this record calculates the four quadrants like i think one of the things that works best about it is that they've paced it in such a way and the way that all these songs have progressions where like some of them will start la- soft and get loud some of them will get loud and kind of dream off toward the end like they have a way of being like, hey, if you don't love the thing that's happening right now with all of your heart, the next song is going to be an effective change of pace into another one of our modes that will either perk you up because it's more energetic or it'll give you a breather from the energy of the last track. Like, it, they always know exactly what to hit you with next 
in such a way that like the record the, the the moments i don't like in this record i'm just sort of like well this is pretty good but al- almost every time one of those happens it's immediately followed by like an absolute knockout like which is the great thing with pharmacists going right into easy on your own which is just like one of the best all bass songs they've ever made yeah sure. i mean like I, uh, I i said it somewhere before but like one of my least favorites on the record is immediately followed by pomeranian spinster which is the best one it's just like every time i'm just like you know i don't mind this as much because like i know what's coming next it's just the perfect sort of exactly the sequence. only reason why i don't like pressed here's here's exactly what why how the worst songs in the so- record suffer pressed if Pressed was a Hazel English song, it would be like the third best Hangle- Hazel English song. You know what I mean? Like, but because it's on this record, I, it has the misfortune of that when I'm listening to it, I'm like, this is immensely pleasant, but I could just hit next on the thing and get to like a, a fucking honking song like Many Mirrors or whatever. Oh, many, many, pressed and Many Mirrors. I, Tom Verlaine pressed Many Mirrors and After the Earthquake. That is like peak jangle zone on here it's after so the earthquake much. is my is my favorite of the jangle songs and and after the earthquake is one of the first moments where the end of that song where, where they rip into that solo is yeah is, like is the first moment of the record where I, w- I went that was my first vince mcmahon phase i would say like and, and like l- l- looking at the track list like hang on let me we, I, f- I feel like we got to get into the lyrics here because like oh, my oh God, yes this is like, like the, the this and uh easy on your own or like the two where i'm just immediately like like I, I'm, I'm doing the Vince McMahon face at like the just the lyrics, like not even the arrangements. I'm just like, oh my god. That is the other fucked up thing is that like, always were a band that I think to me were sold in the way that all these bands were is like the sound and the vibe. Yeah, but like, I, I, I feel like she's always been a decent lyricist, but this is the moment where like again, it's the level. Yeah, no. Like I think she's really yeah, like 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 like, like it, but like yeah, she always wrote songs exactly, but now she's like writing like. I, I think this album makes a credit, uh, like a very compelling case for being like one of the best lyricists working in this lane because all of these records, like I think um, the the Pitchfork review with Jeremy Arison wrote, that's very very good, um, spends a lot of time talking about the writing and like Jeremy's just an incredible writer, but like he really zones in on like exactly what makes these such good lyrics is the way that they are like so pointed and precise while never being pointing to precise emotionally while also being kind of tossed off stream of consciousness like that 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 battle of that like my favorite uh lyricists are always the people that are like tapping into a very specific emotional thing without trying to hit the nail on the head in a way that feels kind of obvious and i think this record is the most like that of hers where she has all of these fucking lines that like they hit you the first time in a satisfying way but then the more time you spend thinking about them you just go like dude dude yeah, like, you know, i i, I want to read the one that like every time like it just barrels over me is the, the the first verse of easier on your own which is just i dropped out college education's a dull knife if you don't believe in the letter life then maybe this is our only try and how i gauge whether this is stasis or change fill out the requirements on the page and burn out before you can get paid that's just like that is like you're just going line for line there. She's just like with scunners. going off, and it when you read it on the page, it both reads incredibly well as like whatever poetry, basically. But it also doesn't seem like that would translate well to lyrics when you read it out loud. But then you hear the way she delivers it, and it is so fucking in the pocket, melodic, like 
yeah, yeah. Like, like more than more than anything she has always been good at like writing the line of a melody really tightly and so it feels like it feels like you know like a car doing a hard drift around a corner exactly is that like she's so good at at, at making these really tight uh like songs like how well constructed these songs are on just like a pure like on the page level of like the way that they've arranged them and all that stuff like then to be able to almost overwrite them and write these kind of densely written songs that are also so like emotionally piercing it's just like because this record speeds by so fast fast on your first listen there are all these lyrics that barely glance you but like you can feel already even from the first time you hear like lottery noises i think is the moment lyrically on this record that absolutely fucking uh pretty quiet out here it's abundantly clear that no one's been coming for me no encouraging sounds helicopters or hounds it's the time that's allotted for thee lucky seven alarms and i'm riding the pine i'm always looking for ways to remember the sounds of lottery noises that i can't believe rang for me what the fuck are you al- is this allowed was my reaction i, I to mean that. really and i appreciate that like the thing i appreciate about this record is that like most of these songs are about absolute losers like oh absolutely <laughs> yeah like just most of these people are just completely down in the dumps and really hoping to like get it around with themselves like it's, it's just just something about that resonates with me a lot of just like well you know it's not going right today but maybe it goes better tomorrow <laughs> like, um i i i think uh, a great example of that is very online guy which is a song that i think um kind of off foots you in that you you read the title of a song very online guy and you expect it to have the sort of uh level of subtlety of 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 the of idols and have them be like hey he's a very online guy he's on twitter.com a lot you know what i mean like like i mean here's the thing you expect you expect it to be a ham-fisted attempt at cultural commentary and the thing that i think makes it so fucking good is it it this song talks about the concept of a very online guy in the way that you would actually talk to a friend of yours about a very online guy that you know where you start the conversation by saying he's a very online guy and then you just sort of describe him to a while it's like yeah he's weird he's just kind of off-putting in these various ways blah 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 and then the outro of the song just being yeah, he's a very online guy. Like, it's just that it just as a, as a way of just sort of wrapping up the conversation and being like, yeah, that's just kind of what he's like. Yeah, but I don't like, know. like but, as an explainer but, 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 to try like, to explain like, all the other stuff. Yeah. The, the contrast between like me feeling the absolute dread in my stomach at seeing like, because again, I didn't read any articles. I just saw headlines, but I would see headlines that were like, always wrote a song about reply guys. I'm just like, oh God, no. And then I look at the bridge and it's like, like a thinning wave, what was it supposed to be? The truth is I'm afraid of sudden change. But when you're close to me, does anyone notice? Life disintegrates, what was it supposed to be? The truth is I'm afraid to turn away. But when you're ghosting me, does anyone notice? And it's just like, oh my God. She's doing this like 10 times better than like, most people would ever manage yeah and delivering it in 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 a way that when combined with the sort of live to tape feeling of the record just feels like she's just tossing these things off her shoulder like as a like a like a thought that she's just like oh I, maybe this i guess and then yeah just like, no 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 and that's the thing is like she manages to make some of the most like devastating lines i've ever heard really casual like the the second chorus of a pomeranian spinster is like a gut punch a mine should have been mine had i just said nothing if i wasn't polite stuck out my hand grabbed it and ran and you're looking took it forward and you're looking to the plan woke up in the rain woke up in the sweat now you're living in a condo and you want to forget like that's that's just a brutal 
gut yeah. punch against anyone. Just and, and and going back to the singles, the one song we haven't talked about that we absolutely need to is Belinda says. Uh, Belinda says might be the best. Uh, is is another? You put it like low on your list and said this is kind of low but it also might be like the best pop song ever written at the same time it, it, it is near perfect the only thing i don't like i unfortunately i'm one of those people who like kind of is over like doing a big key change on the last chorus oh, <laughs> that's the only no. thing that's, that, 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 you're just you're just mad because of how many people have used it in ways that are not as good yeah as that's this. the problem is like i too deeply associate with like the really hacky usage of it that like when i hear it i'm like oh here we go again even though this is like the best usage of it no totally it, it, and it is it I, I think the big like even to compare it to like a big very like uh somewhat overwrought key change that i love like on a song like foxing uh fucking uh grand paradise you know what i mean where like they go for a big dramatic key change that is like trying to be like this is a big fucking epic moment and it well, is well, so. to be fair to be fair about that record that record is literally like going no, 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 try no, no. hard I, I, mode I, I, and I, it works that, that is one of my favorite songs ever i love that song but you know what i'm saying is that like that is is delivering the key change with that kind of gravitas behind it and a lot of the time when people deliver a key change with that much gravitas it can be incredibly hackneyed and bad oh, this, yeah. d- this this both pulls it off and also delivers it in a way that instead sneaks up on you, where it's like you listen to Belinda Says and every time you just kind of forget that that part of the song is coming. And then all of a sudden the bridge kicks in and going back to lyricism, like the bridge is one of the most insane fucking parts of the record where she says, moving to the country, going to have that baby wait tables in town. I know word gets around like that just being this so yeah. this, this so simple and understated, like just all of a sudden after having all of these lyrics that are kind of, not non sequiturs, but like these lyrics that are like trailing down all these different kind of winding paths of her brain, like all of a sudden to deliver something so both understated and like piercingly emotional in the way that it boils down like a, a, a deep desire and want and also like societal pressure at the same time in the way that like the way that in that one little paragraph basically you can feel the entire conflict of like people say i should want these things do i want them part of me wants them but what part of me is being influenced by society telling me i should want them what part of it is an actual genuine desire for me to move out to the country and And if you can feel her wrestling in it in that lyric and then it goes right back into the lyric of the chorus and i find myself paralyzed knowing all too well terrified but i'll find my way like that song is, I think, on a pure, like, songwriting level, the best song on the record besides Lottery Noises, which is the real, like I said. L- Lottery like, Noises is, like, that is the real closer, in a sense, and it's, like, 100%. such a stunner. It, 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 that's why I have my theory about the last song, is, like, Lottery Noises is a closer-ass closer. It is, I, I mean, yeah, like, that, 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 there's a way they managed to hammer in that final, like, sort of faux chorus of just take another shot is just... And yes. also, like I said earlier with the, the solos, it is a closer-ass closer that almost any other band would be like, we, we've written this really dramatic, emotional song that really ties a perfect bow on the record, and it has this big climactic finish. Let's drag this out for four or five minutes. Let's really milk that last moment. And they say, no, 
This is a three-minute fucking song. We, we and, are not breaking the forty-minute mark, guys. And, we and, haven't done it once, and we won't and, do it again. And we're gonna give you, and we're gonna give you that entire epic emotional arc that feels like a satisfying conclusion to this record. That for the rest of the record, like it is the one thing that's hard about this kind of a record is when you're trying to make a record that's just breezing by and jumping from thing to thing, and like giving you this like really satisfying forward momentum. It can be hard to all of a sudden like hit the breaks at the very end and try to find a way that like closes it up and this record finds a way to tie up the emotional bows of the record and make you feel like there's been a like satisfying conclusion to this thing that you've been listening to and then wheel you right back into listening to it again like genius it's so it's so well constructed in every sense of the word I, I, I mean it's just a very well-oiled machine and like you talk about like those themes of like <laughs> Uh, you know, like people trying to figure out like what 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 they really want for themselves. I think yes, that is that is something I've been like thinking about a lot. Like I read that verse from Easy on Your Own earlier, and just that line, just just the one line of and how I gauge whether this is stasis or change. You know, that one feels like it's the it's line it's the uh, it's the Stephen Malcolmist lyric. Is it a crisis or is it a boring change? It's you know? it's it's so oh, just it, it hits. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I, I I agree. And and it is but it is also like you at any point during this record, you can then turn off that part of your brain that's engaging with it and go, dude, these fucking guitars, they're they're, they're Yeah, sick. no, no, that's like half the way I listen to it now is just like, you know, getting home from work, like and just saying, Okay, I'm gonna sit down at my desk for a bit or not even sit down at my desk. Like usually I'm either laying in bed or just taking a walk down the street and just jamming this on my big wireless headphones and just being like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I, I love, um, a lot of stuff that sounds like always loved it at the time. And still to this day, there are artists like Hazel English being the perfect example, I think as a comparison point to always where I really like that Hazel English EP from this year. And also actually when I was going to listen to some songs from it, just before this uh i learned that there's a new hazel english song that straight up has a house beat on it like it sounds like fred again so she's going in some, <laughs> she's going in some interesting places but it actually it actually works pretty well it's like a dream poppy i i think the thing that hazel english is realizing is that she has a more pop leaning voice and she shouldn't lean necessarily into trying to be an indie band and should just tr- take that sort of dreamy washed out aesthetic and translate it to more explicitly pop music but i i think that like, even though I love that 2017 Hazel English album, like, I fully recognize that to other people, this is the sleepiest shit in the world. It's just a particular kind of, like, soothing sort of uh, aesthetic uh, patina that I have been trained to love by watching Spike Jones movies and uh, shopping <laughs> at Urban Outfitters and, and whatever. Like, my dumb shit, like, uh, enjoying of the first two the xx albums brain and 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 this this record is none of those things it is a record that capital r rocks out it's got its devil horns up it's it's having a loose goofy time and it's not afraid to just like like that's the thing is that it is this contradiction that it could simultaneously be their most immaculately constructed like this is the band we've always thought they would be record that also feels like they're we're just having fun with it record at the same time like yeah, those I things mean, for better very or worse, rarely like, coincide. The the key to it is just they've mastered the craft. Like I feel like very mm-hmm. few bands tap into the sense of like, you know, just like 
workmanship that goes into like a well-written song you know i i i nowadays like everybody's just kind of throwing it out there and seeing what works just like is this what you guys want but like this band is just like no we know what we want and part of part of that is is just the nature of the beast when it's like in order to try to break through you have to be putting out a record every fucking year and like the churn of that and they are very lucky in that they were able to break out so well with their first two records in such and such a like to get signed to uh um polyvinyl polyvinyl sorry to get signed to polyvinyl and like to to win they they had like nominated for a juno award on the first did they win a, i think they were nominated on the first one for multiple juno awards and then like one on the second one like they, they even though they haven't had the like full critch pitchfork like illuminati behind them up until this point but like like you said like it was just sort of this thing where everyone sort of standing in the wings was like okay this is the band we just kind of have to wait until all of a sudden there's going to be a moment where it's going to be eminently clear to everyone that this is the band and then we'll be able to be like all right yes now is the time hit hit the hit the big lever labeled uh always hype machine it's time to do it and like i i really do think that this record is deserving of that yeah, totally. It's just, it, it, it is the point when I think the fanfare is finally kind of deserved in a much more major way. Like, I think people should have been on to them with the last one more mm-hmm. so, but like, still, now this is like clearly an even bigger level up than that. Totally. Just but yeah. very, very good. I love I love the craft. I love a band that has craft in them. Great record. Shout out to Canada in general. Um, uh, sh- shout out also to this post from Jeff Rosenstock that just says, I like the song in the new Always record where they sing We're Always. <laughs> I've been thinking about that all day. It's, it's very funny. He's Maddie, so right. Do you have any thoughts? None? None at all? You're just good. vibing? It's a it's a really good record. Uh, I I endorse everything that Rose and Jackie say on this podcast. I, I, I will say those first two records are really great. Like, I think there are some I, I've seen even from you two and like some chatter being like, oh, this record is a real step up. It's just like, I think they've always like, been at this level. Well, like, that's they've, the always been, they've always been they've always been operating at a very high level. This I, is just I, I, like I more appealing to your guys' senses. But those first two records are fucking great. Like no, I no, love like, them. I, I, I said earlier that Antisocialites is like in one of the ten cassette tapes in my car. It is a great. Okay, record. then I then I, I retract you from that yes, from that sense. It, but I but I've seen some I, general discussion in in the bot in the bot Discord about uh, that. Where uh, it's like, uh, no, don't put disrespect uh, on those first I, two records. They're great. I agree a hundred percent, and I only will say that the reason why it feels so much higher than the other two is just for that exact reason that you're saying that like because it feels in my mind it, it, it trapped in this patina of of mid-2010s urban outfitters core which is a style of music i really liked at the time and don't have in my listening diet as much anymore like obviously this record is just going to stand out to me so much more to my current listening ears but i will say that like even going back to it, when I went back to those those songs today on Antisocialized, I was like, wow, okay, no, they've always been, like, fucking incredible at writing songs, but even then, listening to a song like Not My Baby, like, that is a perfect song that also I'm listening to it now and feeling the ways that it could be popping and sizzling and fizzing the way it would be if they re-recorded it in the style of Blue Rev, you know what I mean? That's fair, that's fair, but that's a great song, too. Not even a great song. It is, too. Under, underrated cut off the second record. I agree. It should be in uh, up there with In Undertow and Dreams. Like the, that, that one they, is they, they, They've never missed. They've never once missed. 
and also yeah also just also want to uh just reiterate on the on the on the live stuff uh yeah they're like really goddamn good live like that i always again those first they they were already great in my mind but seeing them live was like oh wow this is just like this is just a great band and i'm yeah. kind of bummed I, that i didn't get I, tickets I'm to go see, see them, them this year like i'm i'm skipping this tour that they're doing this year because i'm like they're gonna play pitchfork fest next year right they're totally gonna like yeah i'm either I, i'm either hoping they play la at some point in the spring again or yeah we see them at pitchfork I, fest. I just didn't feel like asking for another day off work i was just like you know i'll just i'll, I'll risk it <laughs> yeah but it's a great record great record i i agree with uh almost all your guys's points like it again and also offer a for a meta commentary for for uh for rose and i of course we we are both mosley indie head subreddit and it seemed like for for months months and months and months the clear runaway winner of what our album of the year was probably gonna be for the indie <laughs> for the you know the indie heads vote the the general yeah, so subreddit they, I, vote no i think was there's Black still a Country chance Nure. i wouldn't i wouldn't call no there, no there absolutely still is a chance there absolutely is but always again this this is the first time i feel like oh shit this again this could swing a different way maddie i'm just it's being, the first time i'm just being careful don't have You're, your don't have your howie again ha- i still i still no no jackie, don't have jackie, your i howie still think tapping I, the tv moment don't have your moment of like i won the fucking bet i did it because someone's gonna come in and shoot no, 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 no. i, I do in the head I don't no i don't disagree again i still think blood country road is probably gonna win but this is the oh, first time I'm like okay oh, oh, wait, wait, it, it's wait. not it's not a complete guarantee now, now, it's not Maddie, a guarantee I'm, 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 I'm gonna send you a video i want you to play it because i feel like this will uh i, I feel like this will uh really <laughs> oh no uh but yeah that sorry i keep sorry i keep mentioning how bad that blog country new red record is on on this podcast but it really is bad guys it, it, i cut, cut, i, I have to keep saying it because the time they say the titular Ma- words maddie, maddie you shouldn't apologize i i i want this podcast to continue to be the bastion of place on the internet for this is how i feel knowing oh. what the Ants. Ants. That's how I feel. That's how I feel every time I look at the phone. I'm just like ants. Yeah, it's 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 gonna win. Uh, It 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 would be great for it to be the actual album of the year, though, because as I was saying earlier about this being sort of the the benchmark band, especially now, like this is the record I am now going to obnoxiously use whenever I'm trying to explain why a record is like not quite hitting for me. Like the perfect example being, I was looking at albums from this year. The Hatchy album from this year is very good and is another step in the right direction where like every Hatchy album, it's like very similar to Casey Hill with me where every record I'm like, you're a little closer. You're getting there. Just keep going. You're like good. you're, 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 you're but, but like the, the Hatchy album has a song, namely the key. The key is the best song in the Hatchy record that that song fucking owns 10 out of 10 owns. But most of that record, I'm like, this is pleasant, but there's some, there's a, a, a something missing here. And now I'm going to point to this always record as the, here's what I'm looking for. Here's the something. And not that every record has to like rock out this hard necessarily, you know, like I love me some, droopy ass music i love me some gloopy ass slowcore shoegaze that is slow and plodding but like this is such a breath of fresh air in so many ways and i think it really did jolt me up and also get me more invested in this band than i've ever been before yeah well that that's it that's it I, that's i think it's all that's all we're, needs we're, to be we're, said we're a pleasant time yeah so uh of course 
As always, we'll be back in two weeks for another episode of FYC. I don't know for sure if I, I think we have something in the books, but I'm not for sure if it's going to be the one we do. After all, I was going to coordinate with some people about that one. But uh, again, two weeks, another episode for either Patreons or people who are supporting us or people on the main podcast feeds. Of course, if you're listening on Patreon, you know, hey, you get these episodes one week early than everyone else on our main feed. So, hey, if you're listening on the main feed and you want to hear these episodes early, well, hey, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Indians podcast. It's, it's a really fucking good deal now that you get the main feed episodes early and you get the FYC episodes extra early and you get access for the Discord server. One dollar. All those things. One dollar. It's a good deal. Sign up. Join in on the brain damage in the Discord. <laughs> Big money, cash the, money, etc. Et the, the, be- the best music community on, on the internet for, for my money. Um, I'm trying to think when this comes out. So when this comes out, uh, so for our Patreon members, you already know this. Uh, we're doing our How stream uh, on October 30th. If you're on the main feed, it's already happened. Sorry. Uh, but so, so so I won't I won't really mention it too much. But hey, for the Patreon listeners, hey, Hallow Stream, October thirtieth, two p.m. Eastern. Tune in. We're uh, raising money for Dallas Hope Charities. And if you're on the main feed, hopefully you found out about this from uh, the previous episode of the podcast uh, <laughs> or, or our social media or the, we'll, or we'll, the, or we'll the one that, or the one that came out. We'll be, uh, the, we'll be episode two about it. Anywho, yeah, yeah. But that is it. Uh, we will see you guys uh, in two weeks for another FYC. And, uh, you know, sooner than that for the Hallow stream and the mainline feeds of the podcast. So, yeah. Bye-bye, guys.